Hello, welcome to episode 196 of the Cricket Her Weekly. We are recording this on Saturday, so we are only three days in to India, Australia. So by the time you watch this, perhaps the next conversation will be completely out of date because the test will have finished. So the situation at the end of day three, Sid, is that Australia are 233 for five in their second innings. They are 46 runs ahead. And it's been a bit of a seesaw day. Um, Talia McGrath had a good day. She made 73, had a couple of big partnerships with Elise Perry and Alyssa Healy. And Australia are definitely battling out there. Um, but it's it's kind of finely poised going into the final day, would you say? Yeah, definitely. All three results are still possible, I think. Which is Four results, because well, yeah. it could be tied. Yeah, Never know. Well. Um, <laughs> but, you know, credit to Australia, really. Yeah. They've, they've, what, they've, what Australia have really done is learned some lessons, I think. And they've watched the way that India... This is what England didn't do. They didn't watch the way that India played. Um, and so England got, you know, kind of taken to pieces mm -hmm. by the pitch, whereas Australia haven't let that happen. And Alyssa Healy is really the classic example of this. So in the first innings, uh, Alyssa Healy went for a sweep. She got one that kept low, went under a bat, and, you know, that was the end of that. So what, she, what does she do in the second innings? Well, she, well, she watched the way particularly Jamima was, was playing, who made a 70-odd. Um, she was taking enormous stride forward. And that means that she's still in a position to be able to sweep, which Jamima li likes to do. Uh, but if you take that enormous stride forward and get your, pit, get your foot right to the pitch of the ball not only do you negate the spin the potential you know the ball coming across you uh, you know and if you're sweeping that's reasonably safe anyway but you also negate the bounce and if you just take the ball on the half volley and aim to do that then you're not going to get undone by the bounce and Alyssa Healy learned that lesson many of the other Australians did and interestingly one who didn't learn that lesson was Sutherland who looked a little bit a little bit uncomfortable throughout her, her innings um, and, you know, and she survived a, a couple of uh, reviews and you yeah. know, shouts and things and she's been a, a tad fortunate but Alyssa Healy really learned that lesson and that's what England didn't do they weren't able to kind of adjust their game and do things like you know get a mile down the pitch take that huge stride forward get to the pitch of the ball play it on the half volley and then you can still score runs as India showed you know Australia have been a bit slower today or they've been very patient but they've made sure mm. that they've got themselves back into the game yeah. and if they can put on you know enough runs to you know give themselves a lead of 175 or something tomorrow you know then potentially that could be the classic yeah. tricky chase put the pressure back on India then yeah how do you see it, Raf? Yeah, no, I think probably in the situation that we're in, an India win is the most likely result, but it's definitely balanced. And in a way, um, yeah, what, we, what we're seeing is that Australia have to some extent already won in the sense of actually not getting knocked over cheaply in the way that England did. And India obviously went into this test on a massive high, um, were dominant for probably kind of the, you know, the first day and a half. Um, got themselves into a good situation. But Australia have really shown immense resilience um, and an ability to adjust to the conditions. And really, John Lewis and Heather Knight should be watching this and feeling a little bit sheepish. Yeah, that's what they, it does very much feel like they what they could have done. Australia have like, you know, I mean, we just had Shirley Nitschke on the, on the interview, didn't, didn't yeah, we, saying, saying that they've that made some adjustments yeah. overnight. You know, whereas it does feel a bit England like, I mean, even if this isn't what's going on, it feels like that John Lewis is just like, no, just go out and play your natural game. Yeah. and have a good time, take some risks. And that's not the way to play Test cricket. And it's especially not the way to play Test cricket in India. Australia have, none of the Australians have ever played a Test in India. So Heather Knight's feeble excuses from last weekend, oh, we hadn't played a Test in India, so we didn't know the conditions. Well, 
you work them out, you adjust to them. That's what we're seeing Australia doing in live time. So even if Australia do lose tomorrow, they can still hold their heads up high and go, okay, but we tried and we actually you know, made the effort. And we to, made a game of it, they yeah, haven't been humiliated. Made a game of Whatever it, exactly. happens now, they haven't been humiliated exactly. like England were humiliated. That's exactly right. Um, so I think that you know, it's, it's a yeah. bit of a lesson there. Yeah, but definitely full credit to both sides as well because India played, as you say, really well on the first yes. couple of days. They again batted with great application. They took a big first innings lead. You know, that, that should give them the edge, but yeah. Australia battled back. Looking forward to tomorrow. So I hope, I hope that hope you, you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it will be over we've, by the time well, we, this. Yeah, we've certainly been enjoying these couple of test matches back to back. And there's been a couple of bits of interesting news closer to home this week, Sid. Um, the first relates to the England under-19s set up. Um, there's actually going to be an under-19s tour. Um, England are going out to Sri Lanka in March and April to play a tri-series, also involving the Australia under-19s. Um, there's going to be... Um, 50 over cricket, there's going to be 20 over cricket. We don't have a schedule yet, but the ECB have announced that they're putting together this kind of pre-tour squad um, who are going to get together at Loughborough. Um, and it's obviously partly a response to the success of the under-19s World Cup. So that seems like good news. Yeah, absolutely. Not going to lie, when uh, there was an announcement a few weeks ago about a men's under-19 tour, and I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Come back to me when they when they have a women's under. Like, well, <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. So yeah. you know, uh, well done, guys. Well done to Cricket Australia and to the ECB and to and, and to the Sri Lanka board for hosting yeah. this. Um, you know, and it means that you know it, it's great news not just for the under nineteen setup, but it's great news for everybody involved in terms of you know like start starting out their professional careers. Yeah, these are people that are at the very beginning of their career and being able to to be part of the camps leading up to this. And then for, for some of those players, presumably they'll take a squad of sort of 18 or so, I would, I would guess. Maybe a few less. For, for, yeah. those, for those players to be able to go out to Sri Lanka and have a couple of weeks in Sri Lanka and play lots of games against the top players of their age from other countries, it's just a, just a fantastic opportunity for those people. So, you know, well done to everybody. And I am bet the girls that are involved are really stoked and really looking forward to it. Yeah, and absolutely. There'll be some serious competition for those places actually to get on the plane to, to Sri Lanka. So Yeah, I've, it feels like um, another step on the path to professionalising the whole structure, um, both in England and in other countries. Australia, obviously, a bit further ahead. Sri Lanka, probably a bit behind. So it's quite exciting for them to be, to be hosting this. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think it's great because it shows that the um, there is some focus going going on what's happening underneath. We saw that um, a couple of years ago with the appointment of Richard Bedbrook, um, and he's now kind of bringing in um, other assistant coaches and, and and doing all these initiatives. Talking of which, um, there's been an interesting addition to the the sort of under nineteen staff, as it were. Um, so Courtney Winfield Hill. Um, who uh, people may be, be familiar with, obviously <laughs> married to Lauren Winfield-Hill. Um, she is now been brought in as one of the assistant coaches on the under-19s programme, which is really interesting. Yeah, really interesting it? appointment. Uh, Courtney Winfield-Hill, of course, last seen, if, you know, if you're watching your televisions, playing for England in the Rugby League World Cup. Ah, um, so she was a part of part of that side. So rugby league's kind of been more her sport over the mm. past few years in terms of her playing. Um, but she's obviously been working in cricket for most of that time. She's been working for Yorkshire. She was originally uh, doing some fitness coach, had a fitness coaching role, um, and then 
she moved into a sort of talent pathway role at, at Yorkshire, I keep saying, Diamond, Diamond, Diamond Strength yeah. Yorkshire. She's done some stuff um, in the 100 as well. Yeah, she has. And it's kind of just interesting that, you know, the, the next generation of coaches don't always come from where you think they're going to come from. You know, we always look at the, the great players that, have, you know, as soon as a great player retires, we're like, oh, when are they going to get their coaching role? You know, we've, we've seen Charlotte Edwards go into a coaching role yeah. and Danny Hazel go into a coaching role. But sometimes those, you know, the next generation of coaches aren't going to necessarily even come from someone that's, that's very, someone that's um, professional career. I mean, Courtney Winfield Hill did play professional cricket back in Australia for, for Brisbane, I think. But okay. I think that's how she met Lauren Winfield, it, as was back in the day. Um, yeah. So, you know, she is an ex-professional cricketer, but basically much better known for rugby league. And I think it's really interesting. She's a serious kind of fitness guru. Um, she's she's um, someone that's, you know, very kind of well-respected. She's got she's got sort of that sort of leadership thing going on. Uh, she's very well-respected in rugby league. She came into, you know, quite a difficult situation for an Australian to, to and that was only just getting kind of nationalised as a, as a Brit, if you like, to come into that England side in, in the rugby league. But she there was a lot of respect for her there. Yeah, she's um, obviously really good with people. Yeah, but I definitely. think the fitness thing is... Yeah, she's she's a she's a serious this, fitness guru. In this age group, actually developing good fitness habits can be really crucial because you then take that through into the rest of your professional career. And one of the ways in which the English setup has actually been behind the Australia setup, I feel, is in fitness levels. You do see the um the you know the the fitness is something that Australian cricketers in the women's side are very, very much known for and have been ahead. So I think if if we can get some of that being built up in some of our younger player in the next generation, um, is that could actually be really yeah. important. And if you're in that under-19 squad and you think that you're going to get away with any nonsense in the fitness department, <laughs> you've got you've got a wake-up call coming, I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, you know, she'll she'll definitely, you know, make make them work hard and and good for her so yeah, yeah. that's interesting and you know um, who knows where we'll see her in, in times to come i mean this is possibly you know somebody that you know might be in 10 years time we'll be talking about courtney winfield hill the, the kind of england coach oh wow that's Could a be. prediction i was um particularly interested in terms of the players who have been named in the squad it was great to see uh Al-Musa and kuma from the sunrisers in there um, who was actually the winner of the Charlotte Edwards Award that the Cricket Society Award annually um, for the best under-16 cricketer um, every year. Um, so she won that a couple of months ago. Um, and I know that um, Sunrisers were, were really pleased for her. Um, so great to see her kind of coming in and, and making her mark, um, you know, sort of being recognised um, as somebody who could potentially be a really exciting England player of the future. Yeah, and someone that's potentially got some, she got two potential under-19 World Cups, I think. I think a couple of those players in that squad do have two okay. potential under-19 World Cups. I wasn't sure um, what, the, what the schedule was for the under-19 World Cups. So we have, do we know when the, the second one is The next be? one's been timed, so they know, what, they know what, roughly when it's going okay. to take place. So. Cool. Well, yeah, that's exciting. Um, now, in other interesting regional news Sid um, there's been a few developments in terms of the restructuring process um, that we previously talked about if you didn't see the episode a couple of episodes ago when we dissected our thoughts on the ECB's Project Darwin then do go back and watch that so Project Darwin is obviously this move um, to kind of fold the women's regions back into um, the the counties. Men's county structures. Yeah, we probably will need to stop referring to them as the men's county because they're going to have these women's teams attached to them. Anyway, um, it looks very much like Kent 
have set out their stall and are going to be bidding or, or um, responding to this tender document that the ECB are issuing in January by bidding to host the South East Stars with them. We know that Surrey already have said that they very much want the South East Stars with them. So that's going to be a, a big tussle, um, but perhaps slightly less expectedly because very much the kind of dominant um, team in regional cricket has been the Southern Vipers. And they also have very much been tied to Hampshire. But if you if you speak to the new chair of Sussex, John Philby, then he will tell you that he thinks that Sussex um, are going to make a strong bid. So he actually wrote a letter um, to all of the members at Sussex this week. He said, in January, we're expecting to receive a tender document from the ECB which will enable Sussex to apply to be one of the eight fully professional county teams that will be set up in 2025. Members can be assured that Sussex cricket will be working very hard to demonstrate that given our ground at Hove, the history of excellence in women's cricket, the availability of outstanding resources at Hove, Blackstone, Backer and an exciting development at the University of Brighton, don't know what that is, we are very well placed to be one of the eight. So he is saying to his members, we are going to do our very best and we think we're in with a very good chance of being the host of the Southern Yeah, Bible. it's fascinating. Wow. So it looks like we're going to get wow. at least two big tugs of yeah. war. And probably we think there's going to be one potentially in the uh, West as well for, for the Storm franchise yeah. kind of thing. So I think this least... is really interesting, yeah. actually, because he is very much kind of saying to the members um, that this is one of our big plans. And, and these are members who um, you know, are going to be often quite traditionalists, who won't necessarily be people who are kind of women's cricket people. But he's almost making a case to say, I think that the way for us to remain relevant and exciting and at the forefront of the men's county structure is for us to have one of these eight teams. Yeah, absolutely. It's what you were saying a couple of weeks ago, isn't it, Raf? That, it, that this is one of the ways to ensure that the ECB don't end up cutting you off. Yeah. If you kind of accept that, you know, what we've talked about quite a lot, that ultimately what the ECB would really like to do is reduce the number of men's counties. If you can go, well, but I've got one of your, you know, one, yeah, of, your one of your eight women's eight teams. top women's teams yeah. who can't cut us off. Yeah, You can exactly. cut other people off. Exactly. So it's that, fascinating. And that is that's the, the way. It's almost the case that they're making. Yeah, here. and that's how you sell it to your members. That's how you sell it to your board. Okay, there's going to be some financial outlay, but this is the way to remain relevant. Yeah. You have to view it as an opportunity rather than a threat. Yeah, so, so that's, it that's, sounds that's like news. that's what Sussex is doing. I mean, is it his new management at Sussex, of course, that Rob Andrews moved on to his job at the ECB? I think that Rob Andrew was reasonably well known to have a, shall we say, he was focused on the men's game. <laughs> It's very um, diplomatic but, you know, way of putting it, Sue. The new management have come in and they've gone, you know, this is this is how we're going to, yeah. as you say, stay relevant. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, these yeah. tugs of war are going to be really interesting now. It's going to be like Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's, it's going to That's really. right. I understood it. I understood it. Great movie. Um, sorry, you've rather put me <laughs> off my stride there. Um, yeah, so... I, I wonder um, the extent to which, because there's been talk on social media about, oh, it's going to be, oh, it's basically a foregone conclusion. Of course, Hampshire are going to get the Vipers franchise. But John Philby's actually kind of making a really interesting case in this letter. He's saying things like, we can offer the best resources. Um, you know, we can, we can host the games at Hove, for example. Um, and it's what, again, it's what I said a couple of weeks ago, is you can make a very strong case to the ECB if you actually say we will very much open up our best facilities 
for the women's team. Will Will Hampshire yeah. commit? For, we'll host all Will, of our games will Hampshire at commit to hosting every single Vipers game at at the Aegeus Bowl? That would be a tough ask for them. To be it honest, would be a tough the, ask, but that's the, the way that you win this tussle. Okay. Yeah. The other the other thing that um that John Philby is doing is he's appealing to history, of course, which obviously myself as a historian, I am kind of, you know, I totally empathise with that approach. He's saying Sussex are one of the counties that historically have been really strong in women's cricket. And we were in there before anybody else was actually investing in our women's team and treating it seriously. And I think that people and at the ECB... And I think that people at the ECB will respond well to that, actually, because these are people, for example, Beth Barrett-Wild is somebody who was playing county cricket back in the days when very few counties were taking it seriously. And she'll remember that. And she'll actually, you know, she'll, so I think that that's quite a clever way to appeal to the ECB is to actually say, look, look at our history. Do Hampshire have a particularly strong history pre the Keir Super League of investment in women's cricket? Well, no, no, they, they brought they brought Charlotte Edwards in at a very strategically clever yeah, they time. Lit, they literally and then they managed to, yeah, they managed and... to somehow propel themselves up from the depths of Division Three. Division four, division three, I think it was, to winning the county championship in a couple of seasons. It was the most incredible feat to do that, but they don't have the history that Sussex yeah, had. Yeah, it was very much a feat of the checkbook rather than... Anyway, yeah, it's, so, going be, it's going to be fascinating, oh, as you I say, to see, so whether, interested to see how this, to see what, how this develops and to um, see whether the ECB yeah. have already decided and whether we sit yeah. here in a year's time with people from Sussex going, there was, was no point in us visiting... Uh, I don't think that. I don't get, I don't get that impression. Okay. I think they're genuinely up for grabs. That would be good news. And I'm getting out my popcorn to watch exactly how this <laughs> unfolds because <laughs> I think it's great because i tell you why is actually the ECB have possibly played the blinder here because they're making the, the counties um, fall over themselves to, to make promises about what they're going to yeah, do in this women's is cricket. Of course, this is exactly why Surrey are now going, well, we'll build a special ground yes, for the women. Yeah. They, no, they haven't got the ground. Exactly. Going to go, well, we've got Beckenham. Yeah. That's, that's why yeah, Surrey are now really going, clever, well, we'll build the ground. It? It's really clever. So I think they need to be play the blinder and you're going to have counties falling over themselves to do things. What can we do that's better than our nearest rival bidders um, to get this team and host this team? And I, look, I look forward to Cheshire's bid for the Northwest franchise. <laughs> yeah, me too. Right. OK. Um, shall we wrap things up there, Sid? Um, it remains only for us to say, um, if you are celebrating, have a wonderful Christmas. We'll be back before New Year's um, we'll to review, New Year review. Raph the... will be wearing her Christmas hat. <laughs> oh my goodness, I didn't wear my Christmas hat you today. Were, you're going to wear it for the New Year review, Raph. Oh, I'll wear it for the New Year review. Okay, yeah, we'll look forward to bringing you the whole wrap up of 2023. Um, but yeah, have, have a lovely Christmas if you are celebrating. Um, have a, hopefully have a lovely holiday if you're having some time off. And thank you for being loyal viewers slash listeners to the Cricket Her Weekly.